As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. My friend from the UFC, my friend from film, a man who's an extremely gifted comedian, actor, and entertainer. We have Nick Swartzen. Hi, Hi, Nick. Hi, Bruce. (laughs) Hi, Nick. And his partner in crime, Simon Rex. You all know Simon from the scary movie and many other things, but now you're going to know Simon and Nick better than ever because we're going to talk about their new show on Comedy Central, Typical Rick. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bruce, love you, dude. I love you too, brother. Thanks really for coming on. But the big news here is your show on Comedy Central, Typical Rick. I'm so happy to hear you made this foray again in the TV, but this is going to be more of a star vehicle for you. How's it going? How's everything happening? Tell us about the show. Show's amazing. Um, I created it. Uh, I was drunk at a movie theater. <laughs> and me and our director, Nick Goosen, who directed Grandma's Boy, um, I just thought of this idea for me and Simon, because I love Simon. He's one of my best friends, and he's super talented. So it essentially just came. I was like, wanted to think of a show that was like simple and not too complicated. So it's basically two guys from Iowa that moved to Hollywood. And I play a guy that wants to be a dramatic actor like the next Daniel Day-Lewis. And I take myself very seriously. And then Simon's character, Rick, is tags along and is a fucking train wreck. And so he's like loose cannon, but like everybody gravitates towards him. So he gets all the attention when I'm like busting my ass to like audition and do shit. So it's like an odd couple meets entourage, essentially. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like Lethal Weapon meets entourage it is a little lethal <laughs> weapon le- i'm danny glover yeah. um uh, yeah uh, i remember nick hits me up and he says we were comparing stories about our our friends from back home he's from minnesota i'm from the bay area and whenever our friends come into town in la there's always that one dude who who fucks everything up and uh we were sharing horror stories about our friends that have come and he's like that's a great idea for a show yeah the plus like the, one from hell yeah the plus one from hell is yeah. basically how it started just the guy that just comes in like a wrecking ball like simon's character like it's just doing blow and just like going to just parties and being insane so did you have to do a lot of research for this whole Simon? <laughs> a lifetime of real research uh led to we did coke for this. 40 years to prepare for yeah. this part i thought i was gonna say 40 hours to write the script but <laughs> you know with, with the show like this i gotta assume that you're gonna have you know guest appearances and stuff like that on so in the first season who did you have on the show this first season, we had uh, Chris D'Elia, who was amazing. He was awesome. And then we didn't have a lot of cameos in the first season, but the second season, it's pretty stacked. We have a great, we have great people. I don't know if I want to spoil it, but... No, don't spoil it. Let Make but, us watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But check it out. It's streaming on Comedy Central, and you can also watch it on YouTube, on the Comedy Central's YouTube page. I've got a big poker tournament to play at the World Poker Tour, and there's a lot of downtime sometimes at the table, so I'm going to be... On my iPhone too. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'll be it's, laughing at the table and they're wondering what the hell I'm laughing at. While well, yeah. you're making millions. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. You know what You know what I did one time? You were t- talking about poker. 
This is one of the only times. I'm not a big poker guy, but I was at, um, I think it was Commerce. And I went, and I was playing poker, and it was like, you know, late night. It was shit-faced. And uh, I, I got a two and an eight. I was big blind. And I got a two and eight offsuit. And I, I didn't, you know, nobody else, like... Nobody else challenged me, so I just, you know, I paid the, you know, whatever. I was big blind. And so, you know, I got to see the flop, and it was a two and an eight, and then like a jack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. So I just nailed two pair, and I uh, ended up winning the hand. This guy went back and forth with me, and he had two jacks, and I had, a, you know, two pair. And I just, I remember I stood up on the table. I've never done this ever. And he just goes, yeah, I got two jacks, motherfucker. And I just went, boom, and I threw down my two and my eight. And this guy wanted to fucking kill me. And I was, I like took the entire, this big <laughs> pot, and then I had to like, literally my buddy grabbed me and was like, we gotta go, this guy's gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, it gets intense, <laughs> man. That's the, that's the vibe at the table. I'm not really into gambling, but it's fucking gnarly. Like, I didn't know the rules too. I had that happen once where I, I hit when I wasn't supposed to hit. I guess there's just simple etiquette at the poker table, and I fucked the whole rest of the roundup for everybody, and I was about to get my ass beat. Dude, the People, worst is it's crazy. fucking blackjack. I was just doing shows in Fort Lauderdale, and I was staying at the Hard Rock, and me and my buddy who opened for me, we were playing blackjack, and he was like, you know, he would have like 14, and, you know, you should stay, and he would hit. And the table, he was losing everybody money, and people were freaking yeah. out. What, what seat yeah. at the blackjack table was sitting? Was it like out of the five or six seats? Was he first base or third base at the end? Was he in the middle? He was first base yeah that's gonna screw it up for everybody Plus, screwed it up for everybody yeah. people wanted to fucking kill this i like i was screaming at him i'm like what are you doing he would have fucking 16 and take a hit but yeah. you know it's okay to hit 14 into a 10 not into a four five or six which are the dealer's bus cards yeah no when yeah. you know when, when the dealer yeah when the dealer would have like a six you know my buddy would have like it was just uh, a fucking yeah, you, you mix alcohol and money it gets a little ag aggressive well it depends how much alcohol and how much money you're playing with totally <laughs> and you just have to know etiquette you know yeah, what I mean? I, I don't gambling know and shit like that you can't just be loose cannon and go fucking rogue one that's when you gotta take the velcro on your ass separate it from the seat get up and walk away yeah gotta find another table to put your chips down speaking of gambling I'm going to commerce today the place that you played at for the world poker tour but um, in our background I was mentioning earlier, there's a six degrees of separation because in all the the things you've done, you know, from Reno 911, uh, I remember I went to the premiere of Benchwarmers. Um, you were in the movie and worked with my brother Michael Buffer on um, You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Yeah. And how many Adam Sandler movies have you done? 706. Fucking <laughs> God. I would say, <clears throat> I mean, with Happy Madison, I'd say at 15 maybe yeah that's the one thing I, I like so many things about adam he's such a good guy i remember after the movie my brother ran into him at a restaurant called paponi's here in la and he said hi and then an hour and a half later he left and michael left and he asked for the check and they said no adam took care of it you yeah know? adam's he's that kind of guy no he's a good dude he's yeah. amazing like he he'll do th shit where it's like he'll call me up like what are you doing for the super bowl i'm like I'm nothing he goes i got a plane let's go to vegas i'm like okay I'm like, who's going? He's like, there's like 25 of us. Yeah. So he would just fucking bring like 25 people to Vegas and fucking pay for everything. Pay for all of our rooms, pay for every meal. I mean, like, you know, he's a great guy. Just super generous and like really fun. And we, we have a tour coming up. Me, Sandler, Spade, and Schneider.
uh, that starts in April. So we'll be doing a bunch of dates. You can look at my Instagram at Real Nick Swartz and, and all the dates are posted. Tell me how much fun that's going to be with that crew. <clears throat> that's just like an I could just imagine having dinner with you guys every night that would just be hilarious it's super fun it's just we're so close that like i mean you know obviously we know david spade david's one of my best friends you know they're like brothers to me so it's it's funny because it's just you know like we do have an amazing time like we're always laughing but we still like fight yeah (laughs) like brothers like we still like get mad at each other like (laughs) are like hey man fuck you no fuck you Like, there's still, like, that element to it. Yeah, but that that high school, college mentality is never going to go away. That's what keeps you brothers. I'll tell you a real funny, not funny, but a a cool story about Adam. He came to the UFC. I don't know if you were there with him that night. And I walked up to him, you know, to say hi and everything. And I said, Adam, I got to ask you, you know, you always have these icons. You have a tendency to have these icons in your movies, like Bob Barker and David Hasselhoff. I said, why don't you think about putting my brother, Michael, you know, Michael's manager. So, obviously, I'm always working. Oh, that's cool. I said, why don't you... Put Michael Buffer in one of your movies. He goes, oh, that's a good idea. And that was it. And he puts him in the movie. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. You don't mess with the Zohan. It wasn't come try out because we want Michael to co-star in the movie as the guy he co-starred in. Can he come in and do a read, you know, with the crew? And that was it. Two yeah. weeks after I said that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's insane. I've insane. never seen anything like it. I, I mean, the family vibe that he said, the few times I've been on set to visit Nick or whatever, it's just he created, he created a really... Uh, home environment at work everyone's just seems really happy and they've been there forever and he's taking care of everyone but he works on the fly like that like i did that movie uh just go with it with me and him and jennifer aniston and i remember sandler called me i was at a fu- fucking restaurant and he goes hey what's up man what are you doing i go i'm eating what's going on he goes can you do a german accent i go uh maybe like this i, I don't know it took like this and he goes yep good <laughs> and then I go, okay, what the fuck? He goes, I'll call you later. And then a week later, he goes, yeah, we're, we're doing this movie. And he's like, I got you, like, the co-lead with me and Jennifer Aniston. And really? it was just Yeah, and I played, like, a guy who pretended to be German and shit, but it was just it was just that fast. He just called me really quick. Hey, can you do the voice? Okay, uh, yep, perfect. Well, you know, there's certain directors and producers like Adam, and one of the guys that's similar to him but does more serious films is Clint Eastwood. When I say that, it's because if you look at all of Clint Eastwood's films, he uses the same crew, the right. same a lot of the same actors. Does an incredible job every time he does a movie. Yeah, he's guaranteed. Like Adam, he knows who has to come in. You guys are actors; you can play different roles. Doesn't matter if you're in the last film or not. That's loyalty, that's friendship, and that's good business, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. But it's also everybody delivers too. So it's yeah. not like he's not just handing out shit where it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like he has a sixth sense where. You know, like, I produce a lot of his movies, too, and he'll be like, what about so-and-so for this role? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. That seems kind of weird. And then the person will just come in and fucking nail it. And yeah. he'll be like, just somebody totally random. So on your, when you're filming, how many episodes does Comedy Central pick up on uh, Typical Rick? Six. So you do six, and then how does the seasons work on, on that? In other words, you do the six, it runs, are there... Two seasons a year, three seasons a year. It's like Netflix, where it just comes out at once, and you could watch all of them. They're only about seven minutes in length each time, each episode. So you, you're going to get a 42 minute season. You know, you can really binge, seven. You, yeah, you could binge watch. No, them. this season's like eight. ten to twelve. Oh, this one oh, okay. longer. Okay. But the first season, let's say average seven eight minutes, something like that. Yeah, um, they're quick. They're quick, and just leaves you want more, and you could just watch fly through them really quick. Yeah, these are like really easy. Oh, this is going to be great to watch today when yeah. I'm playing. I'm oh yeah, love you, this. Can, yeah. you can pop right through it. So. For our audience, because we talk a lot on the show about 
the success factor, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, which obviously you guys are creating the show. I mean, no doubt about it. The moment you thought about the concept for the show to take it, to sell it, take me through calendar wise. You did it when this, how long did it take to get here to when you were filming? God, I would say from (coughs) from pitch to execution, it was probably uh, eight months. Eight months, yeah. About that, that's that's still pretty quick. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he's like a mini Sandler. He did the same thing. He just made it happen. He just has the you know uh, ability and the and the connections to think of an idea and and make it happen and just put me in it. And I was just stoked that he thought of me because. We've only shot a few things together, nothing on this scale before, so it's fun. And our friend Nick Goosen, who's directing it, has done so much stuff with us. We always do YouTube videos, and so it's just same thing, that little family vibe. We all know each other. We all fight like brothers and get along and make fun of each other and all that shit. But no. yeah, I walked into Comedy Central, and they bought it in the room, and then I just started writing it. And then when you're producing Adam Sandler's uh, films, I mean, I know what it takes to be a producer, but... How much work is involved in that when you're producing one of his films? What is, what is your It's a lot. Role? I mean, it depends upon the, you know, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's you're on set every second. So it's 12, 13-hour days, and it's just, you know, I'm a creative producer, so, like, I'm doing all the punch-up. So I'm, like, helping with the, you know, making the scenes better and making everything tighter and you know, giving Adam notes and giving him, you know what I mean, other actors too and, you know, just telling people like, oh, no, try it this way, do it this way. Oh, Adam, don't forget this. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean, like that type of thing. But it's like, it's nonstop. Right. It's intense. Well, I mean, your career's nonstop when you think about it. I mean, I work in my sports and entertainment career, I base everything on passion. I try to throw it all on the floor, whether I'm announcing or I'm doing a TV show or a movie, I like to have fun and do what I do. You guys, the four of you, Adam has had tremendous success as an actor, as a producer. You've had what I consider tremendous success as an actor and, of course, as you're talking about as a producer. Yet all you guys, and David Spade and and Rob Schneider, and all you guys are willing to go out on the road and get dirty again like you did in the early years as you continue to enjoy. Is this because of the passion you have for your career? Is it a combination of the passion mixed with I need to do this to stay sharp and to be raw? I mean, what is the basic money? There we go. Came money. A <laughs> lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I've been a stand-up for 21 years, and it's, you know, at, at, the, at the core root of myself, like, that's who I am. You know what I mean? My stand-up is who I am. And so my fan base is so loyal and awesome. So, you know, but it's exhausting. Like, I'm 40 years old now, so, you know, when you, know, when you run around the country at 23 years old, it's way different. So now... You know, the older you get, like I tour with Sandler and then I tour on my own and then I shoot this show and then I start another movie in the summer and, you know, it gets exhausting. It's it, it like it, it it does catch up to you. I've talked to other comics and like the older we get, the more we talk about like just getting on multiple planes and going through baggage claim and going for like, you That's know. That's the tough part. The tra- People ask me it was the hardest part. I tell them the travel. Yeah, it the is. travel and it's just like. That, you know, and Simon knows too, he tours his dirt nasty and, you know, it's just like the different time zones and the altitudes and it's just like, it's so fucking intense. It's just like really, I, like I just remember touring, like I toured for like three months straight and I remember I just, I had no idea where the fuck I was at yeah, certain points. I still get that. There was a movie before called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium and that's what I say to myself because sometimes I wake up in a hotel room and I'm like, 
where the F am I? Yeah. I mean, it's happened. I'm going to be 60 in May. And I noticed that even that gets a little more as I, as I get older, but I just love what I do so much. So I get through it and we celebrate something together. You're 21 years in comedy. Yeah. Last week I was 21 years in the octagon. No way. Yeah. My 21 year anniversary. Yeah. That long. That's crazy. crazy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dirt nasty. Yeah, yeah. Let's a, talk about. This. Yeah, it's an alter okay. ego rap character that I uh, I created, um, and it ends up be, being a comedy music show, kind of like what Sandler does. He'll do a song and do you know some jokes, and it, it's a definitely um, very fun vibe that I, I bring out. I always tell people, you don't have to like my music; just come to the show because you'll have a good time. Right. You know, I bring people from the audience on stage. I do a lot of improving and just it's uh, it's hilarious. It's fun. It's just fun. Um, I don't take myself too seriously. I'm not trying to, all my songs are definitely comedic based. So it ends up becoming a fun night. You know, it's not, I bring out a fun crowd of degenerates who I love. <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. There's some loose cannons oh, that man. come out. I just did Portland the other night, which for some reason <clears throat> the Pacific Northwest is just where I sell out shows back to back and just do really well. And uh, man, they just... They just come out by the hundreds and are just wasted and just. It's Portland, baby. There's man, herb in the air. Man, <laughs> God, I have crazy. Portland coming up soon. It's a fun city, but yeah, my fan base too. It's like, I had when I last time I toured, I had to go on Twitter and I had to tell people like, chill out because people would come and like, they get so fucking wild and shit faced. You know and, that's like, because of you though. They they're, they're they're wanting to be you. They're wanting to get into character. But they, they think like I don't party that hard. Like I don't like, you know, I drink, but I drink casually and like I don't do any drugs. And but people think that it's like this crazy fuck tornado show, and like there was fist fights. People were vomiting. I mean, it gets like crazy. <laughs> like and the best was. You know, I would do theaters, but then I would do performance art centers. So I was doing places where they would have, like, The Lion King and, like, Wicked and, like, these musicals. And then my show would come in, and these, like, ushers were just, like, old ladies that, like, <laughs> weren't ready for the, my fucking tornado fans coming in and just raging. And they, I remember my tour manager was just like, yeah, like, three people puked in the bathroom. Like, somebody fucking fell down the stairs. There was a fist fight. It was, it was just like... Well, you have a rider in your contract, right? You don't have to break up fist fights and you don't have to clean up the toilets. <laughs> yeah. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. But it was just like, oh my God. It's like we created that for ourselves. Like you had a... What, I think one of your albums was called Party Time or something. It you're was just called, opening the door for the party. I opened I the it. big door. Yeah, you did. We both, I mean, we both we did. We both did. It, which is fine. It's fun. But like you said, when you get older in your 40s, like it's enough to be traveling and sleeping in hotels and night in and night out they're all waiting for you to come party with you like i gotta run out the back door i don't know about you but i have to avoid the interaction with my fans because they have been waiting for me for six months to party with them and they right. don't understand that i gotta go do four more shows the next four nights in a row and it's just physically not possible i leave right away and it's like i don't i don't drink when i work whenever i'm filming or anything like like i just did shows in phoenix and I would go out like to go eat. And I would have to have like security with me because mm -hmm. people would fucking come up and like give me shots and stuff. And I'm like, I don't do shots anyway. And I was just like, no. And I remember one guy walked up to me with a shot of Jägermeister, and he goes, "Here, I got this for you." And I go, oh, "I mean, I don't, I don't do shots. I'm not drinking right now. I'm sober." And he goes, 
this is the saddest day of my life. <laughs> he goes, all I've ever wanted was to meet you and do a shot. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. And he was just like, this is horrifying. You know, That's a few strange. comments on that after show. I mean, even in respect to what I do, I sometimes take the back ways to get around. And, you know, but I remember one thing I always remember is never forget where you came from, because I'm sure would like you guys too. You had experiences in your early career walking through the comedy shops or, you know, film sets or cities, whatever. And nobody said a word. It was like crickets. Right. And now they recognize you and we all should be thankful for totally. that as I know you are. No, it's a good problem to have. But perception is reality with fans, but it's when they when they go against man law and they follow me in the bathroom or they're taking pictures of me right. or you know that's just that's just wrong. Right. You know. Yeah. And you're going to get that if you, the amount of people that come out the amount of people, be yeah. a couple of guys that could fuck up the night for you. It, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah, you know, no. I mean it, like yeah, and I'm 100% appreciative and I love my fans and I'm so happy to be where I am, but it's funny cuz Sandler told me he was like, when I was 26, I just started working with him, and we started filming Grandma's Boy, and Adam goes, do you want to be famous? And I said, yeah. I go, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And he goes, just so you know, once you are, you can never go back. He's right. And I was like, I didn't really understand it at the time, and he was like, yeah, he goes, you can't, <laughs> like, once the train takes off, you're fucking on the train for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, and it's a trip, dude. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, all the, like, all the time, 24-7. Well, especially when you're creating a fan base like you both are, I try to do myself, is create an organic fan base. You're not, it's happening naturally, and those are your fans forever. Yeah, totally. Because they're going to love what you do. Yeah, and I'm a completely genuine, like, when I do my stand-up, and I'm very self-effacing, and, but, uh, yeah, no, I've cultivated an amazing fan base, but, yeah, it's just like, it. it you know, it's getting better that I'm older because the crowd is getting older too. Like ten years ago, it was way more intense with like people partying and like ripping blow and shit. But like you know, now it's like people are like in their forties, like me. So it's like yeah. it's, it's it's a little bit, but it's a little easier. But I do recommend not taking any drinks from anybody because I've I've avoided being roofied twice. Right. And I only say that because one time uh, I was suspicious of one. The other time. A friend of mine, a female, actually took the drink that was given to me and, and wound up going over the edge. And it was obvious that it was a roofie. And I've, I've been in experience with that. i got to be really careful. In this I'll never take a drink from anybody. Never take a drink ever. from anybody public. I've like, been roofied. If they buy it for you and you're there with them and the bartender brings it in front of you, that's different. Oh, yeah. If they walk up to you, don't do it. No, yeah. never. It's like too short. This famous rapper told me, he said, you know, I, I'd never hang out with my fans because you're never going to win that one. As soon as they light up a joint or have a drink with you, then you're you're hooked in. If you're, Especially if a picture's taken, you're nailed. Oh, well, nowadays nailed. with the cell phone cameras, everything totally. But just as a general note, he's like, I make it a rule not to party with my fans because it's a lose-lose. You're, you're not going to win that one. They're going to ask you for your phone number. They're going to ask you, you know, once you're nice and just show them a little bit, people are very aggressive. Yeah, exactly. And then they start hitting you on Twitter like you're, their, you're your best friend. And with all respect, we're not. We're right. acquaintances. We right. met. Sorry, I get you know, like you guys have yeah, thousands, hundred thousand fans. Sometimes. You can't answer every right. tweet out there. No. Right. Let me ask you a little thing about the business again. Um, Adam, the blockbuster hits he's had, his last couple films have gone to Netflix. Some people might think that that's less. It's really not because the whole Netflix and everything is becoming such a big industry in itself to release product on. So is the is the money and the financials in Netflix and the exposure similar to releasing a film in theaters? Is this a choice? Yeah, I thought it was genius on his part because I know like working with him so long in the studio system, 
you know, it was just so much anxiety for like the opening weekend and box office, and he would he would just get so stressed, and it was like doing press and talk shows and you know trying to get it out there so you know the movie opens and you know it was just so much stress on him, and it was like the Netflix deal was so ahead of its time, and he was just like, you know, the movie's out there right away. He doesn't have to do a ton of press, and he has complete creative freedom. So, like, Netflix is amazing in the sense where, like, they don't inundate us with notes. They don't go, like, well, I don't know. if This is funny. Like, the studio system, it was just, like, fucking insane of just executives, like, just trying to justify their jobs and being, like, yeah, I don't know. Does this scene work? It just, I don't know if this works. And we were, like, yeah, it fucking works. <laughs> yeah, but you We've know- been doing comedy for 50 years between <laughs> us. In Hollywood? <clears throat> I've had this adage for years. They don't know what happens, what works until it works. And, and I'll give you an example. I've been on the show before. In the, in the 60s, uh, they, in the 50s, they made a bunch of space movies. In the 60s, they stopped making space movies. Then a film called Star Wars got released and did a billion dollars in business, and suddenly every studio's like, hey, let's make a space movie. Never heard of it. Is that right. a movie? Yeah, never heard of it, exactly. Hollywood, they, don't, they think they know what works. They don't know what works until it works. And that's where people like you that want to take the leap, and you, Simon, you take the leap to make something happen and say, hey, now I'm, now I'm a pioneer. Now I created something. Right. You know, so. But it's funny. Like I remember Mike Myers when he wrote uh, Austin Powers and he gave the script to the studio. And uh, you know, they were like, I don't understand. So you say, yeah, baby? And he was like, yeah, my character says, yeah, baby. And they're like, I don't, that, that's not that funny. And he goes, no, that's, you don't understand. It's like, yeah, but like, it's a f- catchphrase, right. you know, right. and they, they like just didn't, <clears throat> and they tried to kill it. And uh, that's what I heard. And fucking, that's, yeah, it was like, that was his fucking catchphrase. That's the age old thing, though, is you get the suits who uh, want to be creative and they're all <laughs> operating out of fear because everyone's getting fired. So you get this weird battle between the suits creatively and the artists and that's why typical rig's great because they basically are like here just go make it you know and i for the most part they really did just let us do our thing i don't didn't do you feel have 100 like percent control uh, i mean pretty much, pretty much 99 that's rare i mean and nick, they just trust nick at this point so like do whatever you got to do and, and just, what about ratings what i mean what if it gets a little uh Explicit nudity-wise, word-wise, whatever. I mean, you guys like well, the over thing, the edge? The thing about it being streaming is that we have a lot of freedom. So, like, that's one reason why I wanted to do it streaming and not on air is that we can swear, we can fucking do anything. Mean, smoke yeah, weed. We can smoke weed and fucking do blow and whatever the fuck. Like, Wait, yeah. for the everybody char- listening, Nick does not do drugs. He's just acting. <clears throat> the right. characters. <laughs> the characters. Yeah. But, yeah, we have full creative freedom. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. That's awesome. Simon, let me ask you. What was it like uh, to be famous pre-internet as opposed to being famous post-internet? Uh, yeah, it's a different world. You know, it's uh, I've been for- fortunate because I've somewhat reinvented myself over the years by staying on social media and looking at it like a job. And I'm working with uh, Weed Maps right now, which is just this huge company. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yelp of Yelp for marijuana dispensaries, and you know, I, uh, all throughout the years, like I did Vine when it first came out and had like over two million followers on there, and people still come up to me like, "You're the Vine guy." Like you get, you got to do that stuff mm-hmm. to just stay with the younger audience. It's just smart to be stay relevant because everyone's just yeah. on their phone all day at the end of the day, and 
you know, so that's my job to do that. So I try to I try to make it my job, like to post some funny comedy content or just to do something to just keep people entertained. And then the money sort of comes later. You just do it to do it. And it's fun to exercise that instrument and tool and just stay sharp. Uh, and, and it's really fun also because like if I think of an idea, I can literally shoot it, edit it, do it all myself and put it up. And it's such a quick turnaround compared to doing a movie or something you really just get hundreds of thousands of people to have a laugh mm -hmm. and you're just doing it all yourself and it just takes a little time and it's such a quick fix right i love it so well, it's it is exhausting though it's like i find myself on my phone just non-stop so instagramming facebooking tweeting just everything and it's like it's exhausting it's, it's exhausting and i remember i lost my phone last year and uh i just didn't buy a new one for like a week and like, so I was just like, I lost it, and I was like, "Fuck, I need a new phone." And it was so nice not to have a phone, right? It's like you're on vacation. Yeah, it was literally. It literally was. It was like I was so relaxed and like not just a constantly. It's so fucking fucked. texting and yeah. like it's a it's, it's a catch twenty two uh, curse. But you know, it's it's an operational necessity today's business, especially in, in entertainment and sports. You have to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, and it's also whenever you get evil. hired. Yeah, when you get hired for a job, whether it's a studio or Comedy Central, one of the first things they're going to look at is how much social media Absolutely. you guys have. Yeah, make that's this work. a big factor. And I'll be honest, like I'll, I'll promote my own shows when I go on tour, and me just posting one Instagram post or a tweet will fill up the crowd a lot more than the local promoter could do. So it's become your job right. to do that because it does help, and then you make more money and more people have a good time. Are you monetizing your social media at all? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, a little bit with weed maps and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I think in the past I've, I did a commercial for weed maps uh, a little while ago. That's pretty interesting. They're cool yeah. people. There's good people. Listen, that's the. Uh, it's not that it's the future, but it's like there's wild, wild west days in industry. The internet became wild, wild west. What I mean by that, there's so much room to make money. Yeah, you know. Right. And now with the whole weed industry, whether you smoke it or not, and we propose. Uh, promote the legalization of marijuana and I'm big for it because of strictly for medicinal purposes that people need it for it, it it provides so many so much help to so many people aside from the recreational side which is your your ability to do that whatever you want as an adult I have no problem with any of that I just think it should be legalized nationwide state by state equally and be done and it's going to happen at some point just like the UFC eventually is going to get legalized in every state at some point it was a 23 year right, trek to right. get there if you're going to get in that industry now, like you're doing, now's the time to get into it intelligently and prepare for when right. there's so much money right. to be made. You know, yeah, totally. so much money, so much money. Good Lord. Speaking of money, are you guys during the Super Bowl? Were you the, for the Falcons or were you for the Pats? I was rooting for the Falcons just for the underdog, but right. I was rooting for the Falcons, but I mean, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. So like I was stoked and I, I'm friends with Gronk. And so I, I was happy for them. How painful was it for him to sit on the sidelines, watch that game, and not be in it? Jeez. Yeah, Actually, but I mean Atlanta that was, was favored, right? Atlanta <clears throat> was favored, so they weren't the underdog. I think Atlanta was no, favored. No, no, the pass oh. were favored by oh, three. Were they? By okay. three. Okay. Trust me, I had a major swing right. on this game. I everybody thought at my party I was losing, and then I came out, you know, with a huge win at the end. I had Agena, you know, I think I went up and down. Right. about 50 million times what a game though, what a the greatest Holy super bowl ever that really it, might was, have been. it, was, it was unreal it actually yeah. wasn't the greatest super bowl ever in many people's minds it was one of the greatest sporting events ever that was crazy ever. over time the whole thing i mean it was just unbelievable how about the halftime he passed montana i think is the best oh there's no you question know? statistic wise no yeah. question Tom how about the, the best quarterback of all time yeah he's a great guy too he's a role model i mean the guy's like 
Guys go home. He goes home to Giselle Bajon and makes twenty five million or more than he does every year. Wow. Yeah. Talk about yeah, power. I just, just want to watch them fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop. I could just Man. constantly watch. You them think it would fuck. sell more than Paris's video, Simon? <laughs> yeah, I would be more interested in that one. You know about his jersey, how it got stolen. Yeah. Now they they say the jersey is worth five hundred thousand dollars. But ask yourself this question: Where the f do you sell that jersey? Yeah. And the guy that buys it, what can he do with that or she do with that I'll, jersey? I'll buy it and fucking jerk off on that's it. What I, that's yeah. about your only choice. You better get $500,000 worth of uh, baby batter out of that one. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm going to go over a couple of uh, interesting stories here, and then I know you guys got to go on to uh, more riches and, and, and success. So basically, you guys heard of the Twinkie defense? Um, there was a police officer in Florida years ago. Yeah, that, I have heard of that. And he he claimed that the reason he did what he did was because the sugar in yes. the Twinkies affected right. him. Okay. Well, this guy here, a Florida man, again accused of making seven billion dollars in fraudulent fraud transfers, told the court he stole the money because Jesus wanted him to be wealthy. Which is true. Yeah, probably true. Probably depending on your religion, probably true. So they arrested him. And uh, he allegedly set up wire transfers from uh, in December and claimed to be a, a large, nationally renowned financial institution. He was unemployed, right? So he alleged a scheme by doing, you know, backgrounding number, did all this thing, but $7 billion. Do you think his defense is going to work? The Jesus defense? Uh, Jesus, by the way, Jesus was unavailable I mean, for comment. Jesus could not make it. He was comment. unavailable? Yeah, he was unavailable. I'll text him now and see. <laughs> well, that's... Um, Florida's crazy. <clears throat> is it a judge and jury? Seven making... billion dollars. That's more than I make in a year. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. Wait. Jesus. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't think his defense is going to work. I mean. Unless you just have a real Bible-thumping jury and judge. But, yeah, that's, I mean, stranger things have happened. That is Florida, though. Yeah, that's, yeah Florida's a crazy state. Florida's, and the, Florida's craziest fucking, is the craziest place in the world. Where do you think the hottest girls in, in the United States are? Do you think it's Los My, Angeles I or think, Miami? I think per square block, Miami. Miami. I think they're spread out more in L.A., and every hot girl from every high school moves to L.A. to make it, so yeah. they're always coming in. But my personal taste is I like Latinas with big booties, and man... That's it, bro. It's Miami per square block. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, it's overwhelming. It's um, butterskin and dark hair. It's Vegas on the beach. It's just crazy. And but where are the hottest guys? Montreal. Ooh. <laughs> Montreal's got beautiful women, too. Montreal doesn't only have beautiful women. They have place. beautiful women without attitude. Yeah, it's real. It's incredible. It, it, it's Canada's it's really amazing. Canada's, I've never met a root Canadian. I've met a lot of inebriated ones, but I've never really met yeah, a root Canadian. So nice. no, they're awesome. Yeah, they're so nice. Crazy. It's incredible. It was weird. I did. Uh, I just did some shows in Vancouver, and it's just like the attitude was just so different. It was so laid back, and it was so polite, and it was like, I don't know. They have a utopian society up there. It's really, they figured it out. Just their health care and just the everything, just their mentality. It's a trip. I've lived up there, lived up there a lot over the years and doing movies and stuff. And I, I just love it up there. Well, is Vancouver still a hotspot for filming? Not as yeah. much, but it is, yeah. Because I remember it was for it's quite because, a while. They moved I'm back filming down in the, the summer there. Yeah. it's It used to be a Great lot town. more, but it's still Great town. Now it's moved a lot to the south, like Georgia and Louisiana. They just get a good rate and they want to keep it in the States more, but it's still up there. People you, still fuck with the Couve, though. <laughs> you talk the about what? the Couve. That's what I call Vancouver. Oh, the Couve. The coo oh, the Couve. You yeah. talk about uh, where the pretty girls are. If you suffer from a little bit of, or pleasurably suffer from a little bit of Asian fever, you're going to have a lot of fun in Vancouver. I don't suffer from it's, that. 
Very diverse, sir. I mean, I've just, it's just, You're yeah. strictly Latino. More so, yeah. I don't know. I haven't. You like yeah. that Enfuego personality? Because, you know, there's do, a lot man. of fire going I on know, there. I know, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It I'm tired of fucking. I'm so over it. I'm just like <laughs> so old. I like I jerked off twice yesterday. And was, was it more pleasurable? Bored with myself and disappointed. And just, yeah, that's just how it goes. Maybe you like, need some more. This. You need some more spank bank material. Maybe you've kind of worn out. It's I fucked. know. Maybe I need to just open up my fucking brain and just start <laughs> fucking dudes. It's so fucked. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, <laughs> you know, Nick, you. you Nick's got to be at a loss for words right now, TJ. When does that happen? When does when does that happen? First time in eight years. Yeah, I'm actually at a loss it's for words. Time. Yeah. It's time to not be able to say anything. What the heck's going on here? I have that effect on people. That's a good effect. You're hot and bothered. Hot and bothered. By the way, last week we talked about the Adolf Hitler phone that's being sold, right? An oh, auction. What do you mean? His Adolf Hitler's phone, the the red phone, literally like a movie, the red phone on his desk, which he used and. Put many, many millions of people, you know, to death and, you know, all that horrific stuff that he did, the orders he gave. They found this phone, right? And the buyer who stayed secret, they auctioned it off. Bidding started at $100,000. Soviet soldiers gave it to a British officer uh, after the war as a souvenir, after Germany surrendered. And then it was sold once and it just sold again. How much do you think it sold for? Just a phone. 320000 US. Two million. A little over. 243000 which is still a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that phone better suck your dick for that. <laughs> Two hundred uh, collectibles Jesus, from World War II. Yeah. Collectibles from World War II are like some of the highest priced collectibles around. It's crazy. It's Was like, he on Tinder? <laughs> I <laughs> don't know. Is that where you're going now? Is that your next step? Uh, since you've got to figure out a new way to get your pleasure. Oh no, no. <laughs> no, I can't. Like I've I don't never done the Tinder. <clears throat> I can't have sex with strangers. Yeah, that's another thing about being famous, quote-unquote, is that you got to assume the worst in people and that people are out to get something from you. By Sorry, but true. In. But it's true. And uh, it's almost like like it sounds terrible to come make this complaint, but it's like going fishing and the fish just jump in the boat. Like, you actually want the hunt as a man. You want that, you know. It's to the point now where I want a girl, it's so backwards, that has no idea who I am and, and hates who Dirt Nasty would be. Not, not some girls like, I love Dirt Nasty. I'm like... You're an awful human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want you in my bed or near me or at a dinner. You know, so and it becomes waking up next to a stranger is just a fucking worst. Oh my god! It's like just, just fucking feet calm. look like a falcon. You know how you <laughs> fix that though? Murder, just murder. Uber. Just ask me. Uber. Uber. Uber's man. a lifesaver. Uber is a fucking. Here, here's fuck a, the Uber driver. No, yeah. no, no. It's real. Se- it's driver. real simple. Listen. You don't have to drive to see me. I'm going to send you an Uber. You come over. Yeah, it's worth the 40 bucks. By the way, I got an early start. I got an early call in the morning. I'll, uh, and you've had your fun. Everything's cool. And, and say, honey, I got to get some sleep. I'm, I'm going to uh, do something special. Have the Uber pick you up and take you home because I don't want you to have to get up early with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uber's great. Is that working? Uber is great. <laughs> yep. It can work. Uber changed <laughs> Uber is the man. shit. Or you can be like Charlie Sheen and pay him to leave. I love that quote. Right. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah, it's very... Yep, if there's there's so many different scenarios. But getting I, back to what you said, yeah, and I experienced this too because I've even commented on the show that my dating life has actually. I, I believe me, don't cry for me. I have a great time. I'm still single, but at the same time, good for it's, you. It's less. We'll stay single. Your pockets will jingle, but it stay <laughs> with your dick. <laughs> but you got to be careful. Oh man, you, women are not women. Oh, I mean, they, girls, women, whatever, whatever the category they fall into. There are females. And I'm assuming maybe some males, too, that want to get you in a fist fight. But there are people on a mission today 
to make money easy. And we cover this like in the lawsuits we go through on the show. Some of these lawsuits that come up, people trying to rip people off celebrities or oh, otherwise. Yeah. You're a target. You're just a target. You're a target. You can't, you can't, you got to assume the worst in people, which sucks, you know? I don't go to strip clubs. Yeah, I don't uh, want to pay some girl's cell phone bill. No, I'm not fucking. I wake up with a boner for free. I don't want to pay for one. <laughs> well, you know what? At least you're still waking I up. I know with it's one. crazy, yeah. man. So be happy about I'm that. Forty-two. I feel twenty-three. I'm so fucking. Forty. We still. You still waking up with one, Nick? Yeah, I fucking jerked off twice yesterday. <laughs> I suffer from POD. Fucking miserable. I suffer from POD, post orgasm disgust. <laughs> as soon as I'm done, it's like, you know, when you on Pornhub and you rub one out, you can just hit end and you're like, what was I thinking? It's disgusting. But a minute ago, you're all into it. And it's, that applies to humans as well. It's very rare that after you're finished having sex, you really want to hang out with them. And, you know, I don't crazy. even fucking come anymore. It just it just comes out like fucking just tired glue it falls out. No, like you know, you ghost falls dick. out of your fucking you're, dick. And you're, you ever see the old cartoon, you know, with, <clears throat> the, with the volcano and it's, it's going mm -hmm. like this, it's going like this. And all of a sudden it erupts and it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what is going on? Literally. Whoa, that's it age. It just dribbles out like a fucking sad Yeah, it's a I sad think, ghost. Man. It's Ian, a I fucking... think we need some TRT therapy over here for Nick Swarson. What do you think? Hey, I, I've, I've lost my fucking balls, too. I, I'm in a relationship, so I don't know what the fuck's wrong It's a different story. Folks, we're talking to the... Uh, Ian McCall, my friends. We have Ian McCall in studio. Ian, I just got a segue here for a second, and I even text TJ. I was so sad and upset at when you didn't come out for your last fight. I even told TJ at the show before I go, what? What I am happened? praying and praying and praying that Ian's fight's going to happen. Four, four times? Five times Man. in a row his fights have been called You're off. You're a fun fighter to watch. Really? I did your podcast. I did his podcast a couple years back with your boy. Really? You're fun to watch, man. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay strong, Ian. It's, you know, you're a warrior, man. There's no question. Guys, I really love having you on the show. Is there anything else you want to promote? We got podcasts and we got any websites and anything. Let them know. We're the good. I'll just say uh, at at Nick Swartzen on Twitter and at Real Nick Swartzen on Instagram. Uh, Check at, out. Come yeah. come to a live show. Typical Rick and Typical Amy. Rick. Uh, I'm at Simon Rex four one five on Instagram and Simon Rex on Twitter. That's awesome. And yeah. again, my offering to you because I do the special recordings from BruceBuffer.com. So nice it's there for you. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. it's amazing. That's can really I, cool. Can I make one more? Yeah. Um, because Russell. Peters is a good friend of mine. I've opened up for him. I know Russell. He's, he's funny as heck. I've opened up for him at the Comedy Store. When you're at the Comedy Store, because I, I used to live at the Comedy Store. I, I swear to God, I was at my it's Friday night. It's the best nights. place to be. It's the best date. Therapy. If, oh my God. If you want date. If you want to get lucky at the end of the date, let the comedians do the work. Totally. It's incredible. You're so yeah. right. Yeah. You're so right. So right. It's awesome. You just got to sit back and laugh and have a drink. Exactly. Laugh, exactly. Drink and then you laugh into their asshole. Yeah, right? just laugh on their tits. There's one. <laughs> there's one thing women love more than anything else, and I challenge anybody to argue with me on this. It's called a sense of humor. Oh man, they love to laugh. Man, yeah, for make sure. Them laugh, you know, like the old singing in the rain. Make totally. Them laugh, make them laugh. Totally. Yeah. Make them laugh. Exactly. Now, when you're next up, stand up. Either way, you guys together. Hit me up. I'll I'm text in town. you. Yeah. Can awesome. I want to a I want to see the show, and then if you like me to, I'll come out and give you the balance at the beginning of the show. Yeah, hundred percent, I would do that. Yeah, totally awesome. do it. Fuck this yeah, is, this is awesome. Thank you. I, I thank you so much for being on the show. You know, Simon, all the best to thank you. you so Sincerely, much. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, brother. you so much. Appreciate it. You're good, Nick, man. Bruce, great to see you. I love you, you love you too, brother. He's Sincerely, yes. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, everybody, check us all out next week. We'll be back with another exciting show of this time radio. Before then, now, and forever. Be respectable to everybody around you. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Be honest. Be strong. Do not lie. 
tell it the way it is. Life is karmic. It all comes back to you. Set your goals, write them down, be prepared to win because life is about winning and why? It's time to win. That's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.